Hello, and welcome to the Cinemondo Podcast with Kathy, Lisa, and Burke talking about movies. Horror, sci-fi, unusual, unknown, forgotten, underappreciated, punk rock, always interesting. And uh, today, Mark is, Mark is still on uh, hiatus. He's so in jail. He's in jail. <laughs> You're not supposed to say oh, that. Oh, shit. <laughs> you can cut that. Cut that part. I mean, That's... it's Father's Day, and he's doing something. Yeah. <laughs> he's in jail. He's in jail. But we have Lisa Fancher with us today. Hi. Hello. And and Lisa is a, a, a luminary in the world of music. In the music scene. <laughs> a luminous <laughs> luminary. <laughs> celebrity type and knows all things and so today we're going to talk about movies that are kind of music related but maybe like sort of punk rock very punk rock related punk rock movies or punk rock adjacent yeah so if you're not if you're listening to this and you're not punk rock enough you have to stop listening because there are levels to the amount of punk rock that a person can be (laughs) And you have to be 100% punk to listen to this. You can't Not listen. new wave. Sorry. So I'm, I'm going to leave. I'll be, I'll be gone. <laughs> but we should, Lisa, you should talk more about Frontier Records because I don't think we've talked about it enough. Oh, we could just go on and on. We should uh, talk a little preamble about that. Even yeah. though I'm very, very young, I've had a label called Frontier Records for uh, next years. year. Next March will be 40 years, which Holy. is horrifying. Whoa. And... Um, yeah, so I put out some punk rock records and the ones that sell. Well, Frontier Records is is like the other stuff I put out didn't sell. <laughs> but Frontier is uh, is everybody know anybody who is legit, you know. Yes. This they, is the litmus test right here. I've I've gone places where I wear my Frontier Records T-shirt, and there's a certain kind of person that will come up and say, "Oh, dude, Frontier Records, the yes, Salvation Army, that didn't sell." <laughs> 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 but so many people love it, and they just... I grew up with that, man. That was, like, my favorite. Uh, that, that's amazing. Oh, that's nice to hear. Where yeah. did you get that shirt? And I'm like, well, I'm friends with the with Lisa Fancher, who started it. And they're like, you're lying. Lisa's kind of the real celebrity here. We, we call her the legendary Lisa Fancher on our podcast for oh, a reason. No, cut yeah. that out. Uh, so but the funny thing is... the albums, the artists? Oh, um, the first record I put out was a total bomb, but I love it, called The Fly Boys, and they're still good friends of mine. And then things got better. They broke up before the record came out. Things got better. Oh. I put out the Circle Jerks group sex. Woo. And that meant I had cash flow. I had a sweet pinto, and I used to deliver them all over the <laughs> Southland. <laughs> drive to Long Beach. Drive to Rhino. And uh, what I put out after that, the Adolescence Blue record. <laughs> Dance with me, yeah. China White. The biggest seller is Suicidal Tendencies. That's a big one. Mm. And um, and then I kind of I just got I never stopped liking punk rock, but uh, then I started doing like Paisley Underground, Three O'clock, and mm. American Music Club, Thin White Rope, and just kind of didn't get back around, circle around to punk again until like the two thousands. Well, I put out some compilations, Danger House Records and Weirdos. <laughs> Stuff like 
big stuff. Yeah. yeah. All, you, everyone who hasn't heard of that, go and get it. Yes, buy right all now. my records. Buy them. <laughs> and listen Friend to Lisa's your records. radio Actually, station. don't go to our website because it doesn't work. So oh, go oops. to Bandcamp and type in Frontier Records. <laughs> you know, the whole website. Who, who goes to those anymore? Nobody. Nobody I needs know. a website. Nobody, yeah. No one goes to our website. <laughs> it's really sad they just die. You know, it's just like, why am I paying someone to build a website? Why? Yeah. Just put on Bandcamp. <laughs> That's why I do Squarespace. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's just easier. Yeah, I know when you talk about a website, people go, oh, my God. Website. That's, a website. Yeah. Why do you need that? You just need the address to hold it. Yeah. You just need a, a hub to take you to other places. <laughs> but so you Lisa's know the, our resident expert on punk rock. And the thing yes. about the punk rock stuff back in those days was it was it was one of those things like when the British invasion happened in the 60s, all of a sudden there were a lot of people trying to capitalize on it, and they were making, they were sort of creating... Um, Sort of fake bands. They were real bands, I guess, but they were. But some of them were sort of put together from by executives. Like, let's get one of these type of guys and one of these type of guys, and put together a British invasion style band, and then make a movie because Hard Day's Night was such a popular thing. So there's like, you know, Jerry and the Pacemakers had a movie. Uh, Paul Revere and the Raiders had a movie. Herman's Hermits had a movie. Dave Clark Five. Dave Clark Five. And during the punk rock days. Punk rock became something that suddenly all the punk rock bands were being signed and and it started it made money for a while, right? But it didn't it sort of just kind of drop off after a bit. Well, the real punk bands just never sold records even if you knew their name. They right. they, just did, they were not worth making a, even a crappy movie about because right. <laughs> so then they kind of started pushing, you know, like the new wave look or whatever and right. tried to sanitize it for everybody cuz actual punk bands nobody wants to see it's that. It's dirty and gross. Yeah, they might not be like that good looking or whatever, so that was that, that was a nope. And MTV's all over the place with music videos, yeah. and those were kind of like the. Very new wave. Those were the. the, uh, the Darwin, that was Darwin the, wants to <laughs> chime in about MTV. <laughs> he hates the fact he that MTV like killed it. the video star. Hates, or, hates new wave. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he. Um, but anyway, so they, you know, they weren't adorable enough to make a cuddly movie about you know somebody you were going to take home to your mom because real punks would not be right. part of that litmus test. So. So what they did is they kind of fake adorable punks, like Nicolas Cage and Valley Girl. Yeah. So the adorable punk who wasn't really very scary. <laughs> the or misunderstood punk. loner. <laughs> or, which is what I think is kind of funny, they did depictions in media of punk rock as sort of like this evil scourge that's taking over America yeah. and ruining yeah. the youth and destroying the innocent young people. And, you know, the people always talk about that episode of Quincy. It's like you know, Quincy the coroner. Quincy punks. You still hear that just as a phrase. Well, I think there was a band called Quincy punks too, and I think there was probably a million bands called Quincy punks because I remember one in Atlanta. And but it was what it was was just a depiction done by. I mean, the show was a Jack Klugman TV show in the seventies and early eighties, and they had an episode where people were dying because they were punk. They were going to punk shows and they were dying because of. They're slam dancing or something, right? Wasn't that what it is? <laughs> slam dancing. And he would do an autopsy on them and say, "This this one was he was he died because he was a punk." <laughs> but and oh, the kids they got to play the punks in the in the show not were not anything like it, and you could tell that they had sort of sprayed some of that streaks and tips stuff in their hair, and it, you know, I don't, it was just it was so funny to people who had actually been to punk clubs and knew things like that. You're watching the show, going, "That's not real." Well, you know, it's funny because I, I got my hair cut back in the day, and I was in a hair show. I got convinced to do this, and they cut it in a total mohawk. <laughs> so I had a mohawk for a while, and I would walk nice. around. And 
people would literally cross the street when they saw me. Yeah. And I'm not a scary person. I did not. So I'm walking <laughs> around and I didn't even have the mohawk up any because you know who's going to do that? It's just too complicated. So right. it was just kind of flopping around. It was kind of totally. Anyway, it was not a good hair time for me, but it was interesting to see how people were afraid, even when you weren't really putting it on, how much the media made the punk rock thing scary. Yeah. I was scary, which is not, no. And as somebody who was one of the old timers that I was there, you know, whenever the Clash played or Buzzcocks, people were just wearing clothes. Like, nobody looked punk. Yeah. They didn't have studs or colored hair or anything. They just looked like people or kids. Red laces. You know, and then after we had seen all these documentaries about British punks, then everybody had to have like spiky hairs and yeah. you know, the white shirt with the tie, dog collars but, with spikes. But nobody, they just look like people, they just look like yeah. music fans, like they, you know, they didn't look like hippies or glam, they just look like people. So I think it's really it, funny. It to me, it sort of died once, once there was a uniform. It, it, to me, the whole idea of punk rock was you don't have a uniform and everybody can get in there, you know, you don't have to be good looking or. Or a cool person, you can be a nerd and be a punk rocker. And yep. there was like, you know, there was like the jocks and the nerds were all at the punk rock shows and they were all friends. And it was, you know, boys and girls, all different races. And, you know, you hear about things like that. It's like, but punk rock really, really did bring them all together. I remember in Atlanta in the days when I was playing in bands in the South, you know, in Tallahassee and Atlanta. You know, it was all it was all different people. You don't really see that anymore. The groups that I mean, the the groups of people who go see certain kinds of music seemed to get sort of broken up when punk rock appeared. It, everybody was everybody could join. You know, right? <laughs> like I remember RuPaul. Was, you know, he was in a punk rock band in Atlanta, punk? and he was a punk rocker, yes. and he and everybody went to see RuPaul. And he and, opened for punk rock bands. Oh yeah, it was cool. So, what do you guys think is the most accurate? punk rock movie i was just trying to wreck my brain if there's a i mean there's a, a, a zillion documentaries they're still making them uh but i was trying to think if there's one movie that's like really really where you buy into it and like sid and nancy and it's escaping oh uh, yeah it's a really good one but i'm trying to think if somebody really nailed the whole thing or it wasn't corny or made up i mean the germs movie for goodness sakes uh what we do is secret should, yeah should be mm. Super right on, just absolutely made up. Just like the run- the Runaways weren't punk, but oh. to me they're proto punk. Yeah, right. just made it up out of whole cloth. It was like why the Germs you- movie? The Germs, yeah, the oh. Germs yeah. movie. Yeah, that's just like um, yeah, they had a couple things like Darby went to a, a free school or something. But other than that, it was just like the story of it and everything and the players. They combine, you know what they do? They combine characters. So even and if they- you're making it on your own dime, that's not particularly. There was authentic. just that. Recent, sort of recent. Remember that Ramones documentary just that came out like a few yes. years ago? That mm-hmm. seemed real. To me, it got that sort of grueling, not the big clubs, but the small punk club. Like, to me, I got a real feel for it. Yeah. And they just were, sadly, people, a lot of people think the Ramones were a huge no. band. Sadly, that, no. Yeah, that they were like the 80s and everybody back then and was not going to see later. their, but they were not a huge no. band, unfortunately. I mean, they should have been. But they just weren't. They weren't up there with Huey Lewis and the News and things like that. You Did know, you or guys ever Pat see Benatar. Them? I saw the Ramon. I cut school to sleep in on Sunset Boulevard to see the first Ramones show because I loved them their record so much. Yeah. Wow. So I saw the first two shows that wow. they played here, and it was totally worth all the trouble that I got in oh. yeah. to that stuff. But the Ramones doc is really cool because they just hated each other. Certain yeah. of right. them, certain of them got along. Mm-hmm. But I was going to say somebody asked me to write something for the forty. I guess it was the 40th anniversary 
76, what what anniversary? <laughs> anyway, I wrote a little thing about it. I did not realize that none of their records even went gold. Over I know. Years, like at all. Sad. Which I know. They're so influential in oh, everybody. Yeah. There's nobody that hates the Ramones. Like, they're terrible. Everybody even loves. people that don't like punk rock like yeah. the Ramones. Because, I mean... It, it's interesting, too, because I remember when they first appeared, everybody was like, this is the heaviest thing I ever heard. This is like the most intense music, and it's hard to listen to. And, you know, I grew up in the South, so. Right. <laughs> well, is that hard to listen to? You know, when you're coming from Molly that, Hatchet or yeah, something. Yeah, I was going to say the land of death metal. <laughs> the thing is, like, when the Ramones first appeared, they were considered, like, unbelievably crazy and yeah, loud yeah. and they were scary it's just these downstroke chords and it's just this pummeling nightmare sound wall of sound they don't even know how to play three chord rock <laughs> yeah but you know you listen to them now and they're pop yes yeah. they're like that's a pop band yeah. <laughs> well, joey like was a big pop fan yeah they would uh-huh. cover well, that's what i loved about them too they didn't just stick to like i'm gonna do punk rock they threw in a few really full-on pop songs like, oh yeah oh, yeah it's pretty cool Love girl bands. I mean, I think they wish that they were a girl band too. You know, (laughs) they were a total girl band. Yeah, love that stuff. Needles and and the Phil Spector kind of deal. And then, of course, there's the stories about them going and being produced by Phil Spector. And he pulled a gun on him (laughs) and stick the dogs on him and everything. It's like (laughs) get what you paid for. Killer and all. Yeah. There was a a current. I think you know we covered one of our first episodes of this podcast. We covered the um, Green Room. Yeah. Which was more contemporary kind of punk rock. Yeah. Because a lot of punk rock has sort of been reappropriated for like white supremacist Nazis and bullshit. So I like that they kind of went to that. They had a punk band who wasn't racist, but then they played a racist club and things go very badly. Cause they were always racist punks. That was another, that was an aspect of it that existed all the, all the way back to before punk rock. You know, there were the, you know, the kind of white power bands and things. Wearing their braces. Yeah. yeah. The first yeah. time I ever saw those people was Br- the British. A lot of the oi yeah. people were wearing their oxblood boots and they caused a lot of problems. National Front and right. racist. And I was like, wait a minute, that's not punk, you idiot. But they took over a huge, like, you know, after the first wave of 70s bands. Yeah. But I took a friend of mine to see the green room. I didn't know what the topic was. I just know I liked the director a lot. Oh, God, was she mad at me. Uh, why? <laughs> she just kept looking at me like, are you kidding? Because it just goes, it just takes such a sharp turn into horror film so yeah. quickly and is super violent. Yeah. It's really violent. So, um, I so was she like, wasn't I, into that. Uh, no, not at all. But anyway, I thought it was absolutely great. And I remembered... I don't know what happened. They had asked me for a bunch of stuff to put on the walls, and oh. I don't know if I flaked or they decided it was the wrong era, but I never gave them anything. But I really, really was impressed how deep they went into the posters, and it didn't look fake or stupid, or the kids in the club didn't look fake. And no, the way that... The, they weren't overdone. No. Yeah. And having played in lousy clubs like that myself in the old days... It's. I guess that's a constant. That's sort of a timeless thing. That's the way it's always going to look in a in a cheesy nightclub when you're playing in a band. 
the idea of you know your, the sound system and the the dressing room right behind and the way the club owner talked to them when they came in it's like the dressing room's down there you go on at this time you go on at this time i get so and so percentage of the door you get this and blah 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 and it's all just you just do it and they get on the stage and their gear isn't exactly set up right and they have to haul their amps and load the van and all all those sort of mundane things about being in a band that movie really nailed yeah it did and i you know <clears throat> it's jeremy Solnier. if mark was here he would, he would know the pronunciation <laughs> jeremy Solnier. yeah Solnier, oh. um who who actually worked on the latest true detective oh okay but um i liked the running joke in the film about how they're trying to say like their favorite desert island right band, like band they would take and I like that they tried to be all cool, and they talked about all the cool music they would take, punk rock music, and then sort of, as they think they're all going to die, they kind of come clean, and like, they probably wouldn't want the super punk rock, they right. want something a lot less <laughs> punk rock. I thought that was kind of a, a kind of revealing little, like, you know, everybody's like, I'm punk rock, but then when they're not, no one's around, they're listening to Carol, you know. Didn't he like Prince? Which yeah, One like of his Prince, favorite albums. Yes. Purple Rain. That's, yep. that's my desert island. I time. love that idea, because <laughs> it seemed like... You know, to be punk rock, you only could like one kind of music, but it's not necessarily true. Well, that was the thing back in those days. I remember, you know, we and I'm thinking about my band. We used to get lumped into the punk rock category because we didn't play covers of 38 Special and Leonard Skinner, you know, in the South. So therefore, we were really weird, right? We were like weird punk rock people. And, um, you know, when we would get interviewed on the radio or whatever, we would they would ask us what our favorite records were. And we always said that. We always said those those goofy, you know, non-punk rock records. And, you know, I think that's maybe why we didn't succeed. We weren't punk enough no for the cred. punks. <laughs> we were too punk for the for the non-punks, not punk enough for the punks. I don't know. But even the super-duper punk bands all liked older bands. Of, you know, of course, yeah. they like the Dolls, Sex Pistols, or I would say the Dolls and the usual things. Yeah. And they would pretend like they didn't know who television was, and they'd all stole all of their hair goo and right. their look and their <laughs> shirts and their torn pants. I was like, okay. Yeah. I like the guilty pleasures of bands that are kind of hardcore. Like I always love that like Sonic Youth went and did a Carpenters cover. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think those are really powerful too because, you know, you even though you're punk rock, you're you still know a good music and, you know, good, you know, a good hook and chord progression or whatever and you can recognize that no matter what the music is. So I like that they they are able to appreciate super cheesy music and make it kind of cool. Well, music is a is such a personal expression of your own self and one of the things about punk rock was the fact that it took all those rules away. That's what we thought when it first appeared. We were like, "Oh, how great this is. You don't have to be you don't have to be in, you know, you don't have to do this, this, this and this. You can do whatever you want." It's like an anti-music music. It was I mean, in the early days of punk rock, I remember bands would have like a performance artist go on before them or a poet or something or there would always be some kind of visual art, maybe like an art show at the at the club, or yeah, you could have John Cooper Clark do yeah. a poem before that, or Joanna Went would be in her yeah. waiting pool, putting stuff all over her, <laughs> dumping mayonnaise, dumping on herself. gross stuff all over <laughs> so stuff, and rock. parts and pieces. But then it got all uniforms, you know. Then yeah. it got to where if you didn't wear these Doc Martens with these kind of color laces, then you weren't in this punk rock category. Because and everybody wants to belong to a category or a tribe, and you yeah. have to have your little tribal uniform. And you could still like punk rock and not dress like them, but they like to know you when they saw you. Yeah. I remember I used to DJ and I'd play, you know, I'd play whatever punk songs and then I'd play like Kraftwerk. Like, what are you playing this for? <laughs> Kraftwerk? Yeah. Or just or Aerosmith. You know, I'd play back in the side like, what are you playing this for? <laughs> Idiot. We're not supposed to like that. <laughs> but There's got to be some stories behind that. Oh, yeah. DJs and punk clubs. Oh, yeah. 
I just don't, like the whiskey didn't care. I could, first of all, I was, I don't even think I was 21 when I would DJ there. Oops. <laughs> oh. And Mario didn't care. He's like, go on. Guys had to show their idea and girls like, just go Any on. girls are welcome. <laughs> but I remember schlepping that milk crate up the stairs and everything. But I was just adamant I was not going to be part of like the Slash Magazine people. I thought they were so cool <laughs> and they ran this town and whatever they said. <laughs> right. They're all just like a bunch of old people to me. <laughs> old people are probably like 25. Fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I still like to I like all the pop music that I always liked. Like I will play Leslie Gore and whatever. I don't yeah. care. Or T Rex or something like that yeah. that that we were kind of into too. You oh know, yeah, I never then. stopped liking glam. I still don't. Yeah, and that was when I dressed up. I never wanted to have. Yeah, never tried to look punk or be. Right. You know, I was like, eh. That was one of our mantras in my band. We were like, we don't ever want people to tell what kind of music we like by looking at us. You yeah. know, by the way we dress. I didn't like cool music, so I I couldn't dress anyway. <laughs> I, was like, I was not a cool kid at all. It just always seemed dumb to me. Like dress, you have to dress up to listen to a certain kind of music. Like to go out and listen to you want music. everybody to know that you're part of it, no. right? But it's, the the interesting thing is that was a scene. It yeah. did exist, and there were tons of people who did do that. And the fact that they did dress up like that made it sort of a visual thing. So I think a lot of filmmakers and and documentarians and everything thought, oh, this is a scene, and it's got a visual element to it that's really interesting, like you know all the safety pins and the handmade T-shirts with Sharpie band names written on them and Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely, my friend Janet Cunningham had a business. She cast extras, uh, so they would come. You had to call. I have a flyer of it somewhere. I've posted on my Facebook page yeah, before. I think I remember and, seeing that. Yeah, and she. Uh, she just had a bunch of weird looking people and and she would cast like CPO Sharky and she just had a handful of guys and they were legit like they all I don't know the roadies dickies or the roadies were in CPO Sharky stuff like that yeah oh, I was the president of their pain club <laughs> I knew those guys just from being record shopping when I worked in record stores so that was funny the but I didn't, get, I didn't get the call as a extra because I didn't look punk <sighs> yeah not punk enough but there was a guy named Spaz that was in everything and he could do perfect Oh, he's in that Devo video, yeah. right? Uh, he's the guy. He attack. could do absolute perfect backwards and forwards flips <laughs> as many as you wanted. He could just do them on cue. And huh. um, he was an athlete. Yep. <laughs> he's in a few videos. You know, he's the he's in the 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 Devo video where he's yep. the punk rocker guy who does the flip, and then he's in some other video I think where he does basically the same thing. I think Chuck Statler liked him just because he had a good look and whatever. So it was just funny. Uh, no matter how lame the movies were, they always had a few people that were legit extras. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you look in, uh, I was talking about Cheech and Chong earlier, but uh, the the Rock and Roll High School movie, you can see everybody in town was in the audience when they were doing the thing with the stupid rats dancing and all that. Rock, 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 rock and roll Everybody was in that scene. <laughs> you're in that scene. I wasn't. I was in Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke, but oh, I you're can't different. remember why. <laughs> I think I was already on double not probation, like I was going to get kicked out of school if I cut oh. any more school, so uh, I, everybody uh, got to be in that thing, and I love their moms so much. Uh, but, anyway, uh, but it's bad enough to be in Up in Smoke. If you, uh, <laughs> if you scan the line, you can see everyone in L.A., like the moms and the screamers, everybody That's was hilarious. like waiting to get into the club to see Alice Bowie, and it's the worst movie. you got to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> We're upstairs, like uh, upstairs over the Roxy, and you can see people, and 
you know, we were just wearing like new wave, you know, like brightly colored clothes, but not right. like punky or anything. Okay, so what are your thoughts on Rock and Roll High School? I think every I've seen that movie so many times, and I recently saw it uh, every year. Johnny Ramone's wife Linda puts on a big thing and celebrating Johnny's life and whatever. So I saw that recently at uh, the Hollywood Forever, oh, and yeah. it holds up so well. Like every minute of it is funny. There's so a good. really legit laugh, but especially when a thousand people are heckling the screen while you're watching it, it is gold. <laughs> yeah. They're all just yelling random stupid things at all the Ramones and stuff. And you say Fantastic. the Hollywood Forever? That's the uh, the cemetery they projected on the mausoleum there. And Los they're Angeles buried there actually. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Two of them, right? Well, they're is not buried. Dee Dee? They have a statue. Oh, there. okay. Yeah. There's Johnny a big Ramone. Johnny Ramone. Yeah. He's at a crossroads. He has a giant, giant statue. But it's a lot of fun every year. I highly recommend. I think it's in August. I should know by now. I go every year. And uh, they just show some silly movie or punky thing. And his statue is there. And somebody, it seems like somebody always leaves a copy of the Nixon biography on there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he was big on Nixon. You know, oh, it was yeah. co-directed by Joe Dante. Rock and Roll High School? Yeah. 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 Interesting. Because he's a... People don't know. They should know if they're listening to this. He did a lot of classic horror movies like The Howling. Yeah. Right. Gremlins. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite images ever is Mary Warnoff, like the worst, meanest principal in the history of the world holding up the burning Ramones album cover. And it's fantastic. <laughs> so I, what I remember from that movie is when they were trying to force feed Joey. Yeah. <laughs> He's just standing there. Why am I doing that? And one this? girl's teaching the other girl how to eat pizza like Joey Ramone. Like, it's just so dumb. <laughs> it's so cute. Yep. And they were such good sports. It made them, mm-hmm. it was very funny. It was very cute. So it's a comedy, but it, it feels very true to the Ramones. Like yes. They don't really sell out at it. They're actually very cool in it. I worked with Alan Arkush, the other director. Yeah. On uh, on a show called Crossing Jordan. Oh, did he do that? So uh, yeah, every so often uh, I'd kind of corner him and talk about it. Like, what was it like working on that movie? What were the Ramones like? He was always, <laughs> always enjoyed talking about it. And it also stars PJ Souls, who's you know yep. Halloween yeah. royalty. Rock, 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 rock and roll high school. So right. it's definitely worth seeing. Mary Warnov is, is Lisa stated. So that's a good one. But is that the is that the punk rock movie? Hmm. I was trying to think. There's a a very little scene movie. I was trying to think like what do I think is authentic? You know, there's moments of ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous Danes. Right. Uh, there's a movie called Suburbia. A lot of people haven't yeah. seen it by Penelope Spheris, where yeah. there's like punks actually that talk about squatting and stuff. Because I don't think a lot of people were hip on that if you right. weren't on this coast or one of the. Big cities, I don't think they know what squatting was or anything. Yeah, I worked on that poster. Actually. You did? I did. Nice. <laughs> Flea was in it, and he wasn't that bad of an actor, all, right. all things considered. He, wasn't. he was in a few things, wasn't he? Didn't he have an acting yeah. career there for a, a while? He had a brief acting career because uh, he had that look. Would but you they, consider Train Spotting a punk movie? They were punkish, right? And they, you know, Iggy yeah. Pop. It's funny because that Iggy Pop song, he's like Mr. Punk Rock. It's such a commercial song. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, I don't see why not. It seems punk, right? Some movies are punk in their spirit. I would consider Mean Streets a punk movie, and not because yeah. there's any punk rock in it whatsoever. Is just because you're just like, what the hell's going Like, I've never seen anything <laughs> like this, and everybody's yeah. falling over. And 
Oh no, that takes our punk rock theme really far. I know it takes it far afield, but I mean, it can be punk in spirit without, you know, just having people with spiky hair and a. But Rock and Roll High School was made in 1979. It might be the first punk rock movie that you know would be labeled would would self label. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But then there's Sid and Nancy that happened a little while later. It's funny to think how how um, when Sid and Nancy came out, it was a period film about punk rock. English punk rock, you know, the, yeah. the Sex Pistols, Sid Vicious, and all that. But it was so when you when it came out, I can't remember what, when it came out, but it was so soon after it happened, you know. It, was, it seemed almost it was Gary Oldman, right? Yeah, Gary it's Oldman. Almost too soon. Like, yeah, it just seemed too fresh to be doing that. But I feel like we had just seen in the in the movies like uh, what like DOA and uh, and uh, Great Rock and Roll Swindle. But the the great rock and roll swindle is interesting. That's a movie. That's like the Sex Pistols movie. It's but it doesn't have the band in it because I think Malcolm put it together. So I don't John even think Lydon, they participated in oh, it right. at yeah. all. Yeah. He didn't want to be in it. John Lydon is not even in it. Johnny yeah. Rotten is not in it. What happened there? Uh, it was just World War Three over it. He was their manager, and they had a really nasty falling right. out, and. Uh, so he just cobbled it together with whatever he could get his hands on or had the rights to or something. I don't even... I think they they fought about that for decades afterwards. Yeah, and they tried to do sort of punk rock things. I'm doing air quotes when I say <laughs> that. When they got <laughs> the... Um, they got a you know the the bank robber guy to sing a song. Oh, yeah, Ronnie. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> but that movie has a punk feel to it just because it's so disjointed and it's almost psychedelic though. It almost reminds me of like the punk rock version of Head by the Monkees, which is kind of a punk rock movie in a way. <laughs> but you could tell just tell, tell it's just cobbled together cuz yeah. Steve Jones is playing a detective and you're like what is going on? It's just like there's like little people and people in rubber stuff, just like all of Malcolm's fetishes. I don't and know. Narration, what's yeah. There's all kinds of like bondage. Yeah, the narration's and, horrific. Yeah, it's but a I, weird movie. But I liked it. I was glad to see it. And Eddie Tenpole Tudor yeah. makes me die laughing when every frame of the movie that he's in. Yeah, and it, and it spawned an album too, which some people mm-hmm. consider to be the other Sex Pistols album that had you know wonderful songs on it, like Who Killed Bambi and. Yeah. It's maybe it's the that maybe that's the punk rock movie. Yeah, the punk rock movie would probably have to be really bad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because it's punk rock, it can't be trying to do anything legit. Because Sid and Nancy was a well made film. It's a drama yeah, that's very commercial. Big, yeah. And we're great acting. This is when we need Mark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're supposed a, to and know then who a, did. The Repo Man was a little farther down the line, but I consider yeah. that a punk film and it has a totally legit soundtrack, like yeah. everybody's the real thing, circle jerks and so forth. And it had the aesthetic, it had that whole punk rock, the things that punk rock people were talking about, you know, like generic stuff and, yep. you know, the generic beer and the, the whole idea of, um, you know, the the punk view of America and this is America. And and Emilio Estevez was supposed to be a punk such as it was, but I mean, he was right. close enough. But then there's these documentaries. I remember this movie called Erg, A Music War. Which was, it's just performances. It's like actual bands. It's not fictional or anything. It's just band after band after band. 
And that, to me, that one, I really love that one because it's so full of great stuff. It's got performances by so many bands that were not really punk rock. In fact, very few of them are punk rock, but it was the kind of music that I was really into at the time. It was, it was uh, I mean, the XTC is in it. Magazine, one of, all Magazine, of one of my favorites. And, uh, you know, the police were also in there and Devo and Gary Newman and all these people. Dead Kennedys, Perubu. I mean, it was just yeah. like the best of music at that point in time. And it was good because they filmed a lot of shows in England. They filmed a ton here at the San Monica Civic. Yeah. And I saw a few of those. And then there's still tons of stuff on the cutting room floor that I don't think has ever come out, even uh, maybe unless they put on as DVD extras because... They filmed like days worth of performances. It's a hard one to find, and I imagine it's because music rights issues. Absolutely, and yep. They didn't. It never occurred to anybody to clear the music forever for all right. formats throughout the universe. <laughs> Who knew? There so were be going other back and getting the police to oh. get what everybody else, you know, do most favored nations. Like no, <laughs> we need all the money. Yeah, and then there's Glenn Danzig, who you know, just he's a to bring special it kind of a person. He's a special <laughs> kind of person, and he just debuted his uh, film Verotic. Oh, at the music hall. Oh, um, a new horror film that he said is not an Academy Award piece of shit. Oh, um, apparently it was sold out. It's supposed to be really weird. It's called really Verotic. Verotic. Oh, is that a plot? Uh, <laughs> I think it's sort of an erotic horror film. Is he in it? I don't. I think he just directed it. Wow. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure he's as good as Rob. And you know what? I like Rob Zombie's movies. Yeah, I wouldn't no. have thought I would, but they're pretty good. I thought I would like them more. Actually, I thought his Nightmare on Elm Street was just awful. Mm. I didn't you get like that. This, I didn't get that far. You don't right. need to. You don't need Freddy Krueger's backstory. Right. <laughs> I don't like that they're trying to do that because I don't want to. He shouldn't be like a human being because yeah. that sort of takes the fangs out of his horror. Well, once way. you know too much, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I just meant like Devil's Reject, and I didn't get further than that. It's like I'm not going to go see a film that he made on purpose. It's like if I was there in the theater or something. But the Misfits were another kind of punk rock. They were oh, like definitely. monster punk rock. But they, their songs were all about movies. They, I mean, almost every one of their songs is named after a, a like 1957 sci-fi horror sci-fi movie. logo from the crimson ghost that's and right they were suing like urban outfitters and stuff like that's our logo it's like well what do you mean you just completely it's, stole the image yeah. from one of those black and white it's an old cereal yeah like exactly an old, uh, t- um, movie cereal monster here's a quote from glenn danzig about verotic you ready okay yes. yeah the basis of this movie is a throwback to some of my favorite movies like Mario Bava's Black Sabbath and Rest in Peace, Karen Black's Trilogy of Terror. Mm. There's not a lot of nonsensical people talking nonsense for 10 minutes on end and nothing happens. There's no superheroes. It's all just crazy, like reality-based fantasy, monsters, demons, serial killers, you name it. I'm not interested in doing the next Academy Award piece of shit. Oh, okay. So he probably sort of doesn't, excuse, he doesn't have to movie. worry about that, I would think. I don't think he's <laughs> winning any Academy Huge problems. I like that you know, he was a little worried about that. You that have to do cute. extra work not See, to get an Oscar. that's how punk Rocky <laughs> is, is that he's already going to deny them yeah. giving him don't the Oscar. Don't try to give me an Oscar. Don't do yeah. it. 
<laughs> He's trying to use reverse psychology. Like, exactly. please, Academy, don't give me an Oscar. Don't do please. It. I dare you to give me an Oscar. <laughs> so is it even playing for a week or is it closed or one night only? I, you know, it, I think it was just a festival premiere, so it'll uh, probably be on streaming any day. Oh, you now. know what? It's probably part of Scream Fest or something. I saw The Crow, and you know what? It holds up really well. The Crow. That's yeah. another one. Yeah, yeah, that had a music vibe to it, but yeah. it was really sort of 90s, right? But it still yeah. had The Cure and. It was very goth. Yeah. Very, very goth. goth. All the imagery and the angels crying. Right. And it was, takes place on Halloween. Should we should we wrap it up? We're going to do part two. Yeah, we'll do part two with Chad. He would love it. More punk, yeah. and more movies. Right, more, more punk, punk, more movies. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, Lisa Fancher, and uh, go, going into the idea of movies about punk rock. Punk rock. And um, gabba gabba. Hey. Stay tuned for part two coming at some undisclosed time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> this is Cinemondo signing off. <laughs>